Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. I know how to be brought low and how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Of all the apostles, Paul struggled the most. In fact, that was part of God's call on his life. Speaking to Ananias about the apostle Paul, the Lord said in Acts chapter 9 and verse 16, For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Paul knew what it was like to be brought low and to face hunger and need. He was persecuted more than any other apostle. He was beaten, stoned, left for dead. He was rejected, mocked, kicked out of towns for the message he preached. But he tells us, however, that through that he had learned the secret of facing these obstacles. And what was that secret? Well, he tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The strength Paul needed to face these obstacles was not his own. He found the strength necessary in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if Paul were depending on his own strength, he would have failed. But he had within him a strength that was not his own. And that strength came from the person of Jesus Christ who lived in Paul. Paul made it abundantly clear that he was not sufficient in himself for the task. Listen to what he wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 to 6, when he says this, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Apostle Paul confesses here before the Corinthians his own weakness. He unhesitatingly tells the Corinthians that, that his confidence was not in himself, but in Jesus Christ. And the only way he was sufficient for the ministry to which he had been called was because of the strength, calling, and presence of Jesus Christ in him. Now, I want you to understand here that this is not the easiest thing in the world to, to confess. There is within each and every one of us the need to feel that we are sufficient in ourselves. Not one of us wants to admit that we are unworthy and incapable of the task to which God has called us. We want to believe that somehow we're doing something great for God. But Paul came to understand that the only way that he could do anything for God was if Christ did something miraculous and great through him first. 
And one of the greatest hindrances to the expansion of the kingdom of God today is that we have never come to realize that the strength for the task is not in human wisdom and ability. If the apostles were not sufficient for the task, then certainly we are not sufficient either. The only sufficiency we have is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ in him. Only in him are we sufficient for the task. And only in him will we find the strength sufficient for our calling. Paul felt so strongly about this matter that he determined never to minister in his own strength and wisdom. Instead, he committed himself to knowing nothing but the person of Christ, his wisdom, and enabling. Listen to what he said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 2 to 5. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God." Paul came to Corinth Corinth in weakness, fear, and much trembling. That's who the apostle was. And he was afraid and trembled in his boots as he arrived, unsure of what to expect. But the only thing that kept him there was Christ crucified and raised from the dead. And he determined to surrender his body to the inner leading and work of Christ. And he made it his conscious choice not to preach from weirdly wisdom or eloquence, but rather in the demonstration of the power of the Spirit of Christ who worked in him. All too much of the work of the kingdom of God is done in human wisdom and strength. And when the wisdom and strength in any task can be traced back to an individual, the glory goes to that individual. But when there is no explanation to what is taking place but the power and work of God, then he alone receives the glory. As I look over the years at the work of Light to My Path book distribution, I've seen God open doors to translate books into languages I had never heard of before. I, I often look back and wonder how he has provided the hundreds of thousands of dollars necessary to do this work of distribution and translation. I, I marvel at how the Lord has has fit seen fit to distribute these books around the world. I, I received an email some time ago from a Christian pastor in Myanmar, formerly Burma, who, who purchased my books from a Buddhist bookseller on the corner near his street. I had an email just recently from Pakistan from my distributor who tells me he met a Muslim bookseller who agreed to sell my commentaries on his stand. I have an envelope on my wall from a believer in India, and the only correct information on the in the address was the ministry, the street name, and the country, Light to My Path, Atlantic Street, Canada. But it arrived in my mailbox from a pastor in India requesting books. 
the work of God. I cannot explain how these things happen, but I know that the God who is dwelling within me is at work, and He is doing the work. I do not try to make these things happen. I could not make these things happen, but God in His infinite wisdom and power is accomplishing and doing what I could never imagine doing myself. For many believers, it's hard to imagine anything happening if they did not do it themselves. Paul, who who trusted the strength of the Lord, told the Corinthians that he worked harder than anyone else. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. So it was not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Yes, Paul is physically present in Corinth. Yes, it was his voice they heard preaching to them. But notice what he says in these verses. I worked harder than any of them. So it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. He worked harder than any of them. So it was not I, says Paul, but the grace of God that was in me or with me. Paul was an instrument. He came home exhausted at the end of the day. His physical body needed to be, to, to be refreshed and to rest. His mind was racing and concerned. But though the hammer took a beating, There was no question as to who held it and who swung it. The grace of God in the person of Jesus Christ. It was the energy and strength of Christ that worked in Paul. He did not attribute any of his great efforts to his flesh, but to the inner work of Christ through him. Writing to the Colossians, the the apostle testifies in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. I toil, says Paul, struggling with all his energy, with all Christ's energy, that he is powerfully working within me. There was a cost for Paul in the service of the Lord. He toiled and he struggled. His body and flesh felt fatigue and the pain of of being stoned. His mind agonized over the lost souls and the rejection of his message. But he struggled and toiled, not in his own effort, but in that which Christ had provided him. It was Christ energy that was powerfully working in him that motivated and strengthened and empowered and drove him forward. As the apostle looked over his life and ministry, he, he told the Corinthians, uh, this is what, in, in 1 Corinthians 3 verses 5 and 7, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants to whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. 
I can't make a garden grow. I do not have within me the power of life. I I cannot convert a soul. I I do not have the power of salvation. There is, however, a power at work in us that is not from us. It is the strength and the enabling and the miraculous power of Christ Jesus in us. And that is the power that works through Paul. Paul does not attribute any of his success to his own flesh but to that power of Jesus Christ and the work of Christ Jesus and his spirit within him. That was the secret to Paul's strength and ministry success. And what is most incredible about this is that Paul did not believe that he alone possessed this incredible strength and presence of Jesus Christ. Listen to the words of encouragement he he gives to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God works in you to will and to work his good pleasure. It is the desire of God to work in you, Philippians, he says. It is the desire of God to work in us as believers through his son, Jesus Christ. This privilege belongs to each and every one of us for the very presence of Jesus dwells within us and it is a powerful presence. It is a presence that accomplishes miraculous things. It is a presence that accomplishes the purpose of God through us as insufficient people for the task. Writing to the Ephesians, the apostle declares in Ephesians 3 verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that you could ever ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. God can do far more abundantly than all we could ever ask or think. And how does he do this? He does this according to the power at work within us. And what is that power? It is in him to whom all glory belongs, Christ Jesus. He is the power that is at work within us, the power that can do far more abundantly than all we could ever ask or think. Jesus himself declared that the days are coming when we will be delivered up to be persecuted as believers. And listen to what he says about those days in Matthew chapter 10, verses 18 to 20. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say for or for what 
you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Do you see what Jesus is saying here? There is a power working in you. The very Spirit of the Father will speak through you in these times. Jesus is telling us to expect evidence of his power and strength. Can can we grasp the incredible privilege that is ours, the very person of Jesus Christ living in us, this presence enabling and empowering us in our weaknesses and insufficiency? Where does the strength come from? from to deal with the temptations of life. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, no temptation has overcome you that is not common to man, but God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. He God will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but he will provide a way of escape. When when you're aware of your weaknesses and failures, where do you go? Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may find receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We come to the great high priest and we find in him the mercy and the grace grace to help in our times of need. He is our strength when we feel like giving up the struggle. What are you facing today? Listen to the words of Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. The God who brought Jesus from the dead, this God, is ready to equip you with everything good to do his will. You will not lack anything to accomplish the purpose of God. All the strength and wisdom required is showered down upon you. God will work in you what is pleasing in his sight. How will he do that? Through Jesus Christ, who lives in you. All we need for our salvation is in the person of Jesus Christ. But where does the strength and wisdom come from to accomplish what is pleasing to the Father? Now that we have this salvation, it comes from the very same source. Jesus does not just give us strength. He is our strength. And the very presence of Jesus works in us and through us. And we cannot separate the strength to live the Christian life from Jesus. We cannot separate the ministry we are called to from Jesus and the enabling to do that task from Jesus. He is our sufficiency for the task. It is his presence that makes us sufficient for every task and every trial. As the apostle told the Philippians, and I will close with this, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of 
Jesus Christ.